0: you're listening to the around the lens podcast the home of high quality roundtable visual journalism discussion about the news topics and gear related to our career field now here's the host of our show david j murphy
1: hello and welcome to an around the lens interview my guest today is anthony dotton an award-winning london-based photographer with extensive experience working overseas for national uh, non-governmental organizations photographing in refugee camps and disaster areas. Anthony is also the author of Not London, a photo book showcasing portraits of homelessness around London, which came out earlier this month and is available for purchase at notlondon.uk. Anthony, thank you so much for being here today. How are you?
0: Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very well. Uh, thank you.
1: Great, great. Glad to have you. Are you in London right now?
0: I'm in London, pretty, pretty central. I don't know if any Nobody knows London, but near Gloucester Road.
1: Okay, great, great. Uh, I don't know London that well. I did visit London about a decade or so ago. Wonderful place. Okay. Um, uh, the whole of England actually was wonderful. I I, I took, traversed there. I started in London and I went down to the south of London. Bristol, Bristol, right? That's, the,
0: the that's to the west, but that's okay. Yeah. What's
1: the, what's the southern London?
0: Brighton. Did you Brighton, go to Brighton?
1: Brighton. Okay, yep. yes, I went to Brighton. And yep. then I went west, I went to Stonehenge, Lovely. I traveled the coast up, I went to um, Edinburgh for the tattoo, wow. the military tattoo, and then I traveled back down to London, hey. so uh, I saw I saw the majority of the country, it was pretty awesome.
0: Probably seen more of it than I have.
1: <laughs> uh, that would be funny. Yes. Um, anyway, so glad to have you here. Good afternoon, by the way, it's, it's your Thank time you. over there. Yep. Yep. Um, you've got this... Uh, awesome new photo book that i I got the chance to read and review and so we're going to ask you some questions about that and kind of go into detail about you know where the book came from and and what inspired it but first i want to let the audience know about you and who you are okay before we get into the book can you tell me a little about yourself and your career you know start from what got you into photography in the first place all the way to what you're doing today
0: okay what got me into photography takes me back a long way um i I mean i I guess the first thing was um when i was sort of really in, in primary school nearly we, i had a had a friend who lived in hong kong and um his parents sent him to the school that i was at and he he turned up with a a a a a, a, a paulina electric camera and um it was amazingly cheap it was about 20 and uh, i asked him to get me one and, and he did and um So I had this camera for for several years and and that's really what gripped me, got me going. I got to university, um, joined the Photographic Society there, became president of the Photographic Society. And my university or my college was unusual. It had a professional theatre and it had a a very well-known art school uh, attached to it. Um, And we 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 had some great chemists too who were part of the Photographic Society. They taught me all my chemistry. Um, I began photographing for the art school, all their artworks. We had a theater, we had a touring company came along and shooting theater. Um, well, you all know that shooting theater on film, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know your film films. You have to know your chemical dilutions. You have to know how to process the negative to work under low level light. So I was self-taught, but I think, or thought, well-taught um, I left, uh, with a degree, not in photography, in history, uh, but I got a job fairly quickly with the International Auction House, uh, Sotheby's, and I worked there for three, four years photographing some of the greatest artworks in the world, um, and that was an amazing grounding, you know, we photographed in 10854, obviously E6, uh, sort of transparency, um, huge education in how to light, um, and, um, uh, yeah, how to handle your te- the technical side of of things, um, and um, they we travelled a lot. I was often sent to to big palaces and houses across Europe and South America to photograph. So quite a quite a, a, a strong and useful start. Uh, I had a I had a salary. Ha, we can only dream of that now as photographers. I know, right? Uh, and and then I, I moved on. I I, I left there. Uh, and I began doing some some fashion and and um, commercial work, and um, that that kept me kept me rolling along. Nothing great, nothing big. I had to take other jobs to keep going. Um, and then about um, about twenty years ago, I began working for a charity, on the administrative side, and they they marvelous charity called the Al Foundation. Very small Saudis, but 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 really positive, forward-thinking Saudis. Saudis. And they they showed me a book, a book photographed by Indian photographers called um, um, called um, uh, just called When It's Raining, and it was beautiful photographs of 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 the poor and the downtrodden in India, and it had raised a great deal of money. And um, I said, look, I'm a photographer, I could do that. And well, they they sent me off, they sent me off to 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 Gaza, they sent me off to to Palestine, they sent me off to Kashmir in. 2015 after the earthquake they sent me back they sent me to Niger uh, with UNICEF after the um, after the famine so I and we published books so I became established as a um, a kind of overseas photographer working for NGOs for charities um, taking pictures to to make books to make exhibitions to raise money and profile um, and I've in many ways, although I still have to keep my commercial work going, I do weddings, I do, I do corporates, um, this this work, working in, in refugee camps in disaster areas, um, it it gets me out of bed. It really, really motivates me. And perhaps you and, and your listeners will be the judge of it, but I take better pictures now, which I think is marvellous, than, than I took 20 or 30 years ago. Um, in fact, I just feel it's getting better and better. And, and I'm no spring chicken. Um, and it's, yeah, well, and, and Not London, the Not London book is kind of just part of this, this, I don't know, this upward path. For mm-hmm. two years, yeah. I, I couldn't wait to get out of bed, get out and meet the people that I've been photographing and talking with. Yeah. And yeah. I miss it now. I, I have no justification for doing it. You have to have a justification to photograph these people. I miss it. I, I actually I go out without my camera to talk to them and tell them what what's going on.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: So that's stop me if I waffle on. Of course ah. you will. I know it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, absolutely. That's great. No, I mean that uh, that passion is extremely important in our industry, and you know, especially nowadays since there isn't a huge amount of money to make in it. But, you know, again, if you have the passion for it and the drive, that's going to yeah. you know definitely get you out of bed and like you yeah. said, and uh, get you creating
0: beautiful yes. imagery. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of beautiful imagery in the book. You know, I think you took a lot of great portraits of these people, humanized them in a way I think we probably don't think about as we pass them along the street as they're begging for money or, you know, whatnot. Um, so let's get into the book a little bit. And, you know, you kind of talked about what inspired you to create this book, but uh, you know, that sort of drive and passion um was there anything else that inspired you like to say like okay I now you know not just I want to photograph these people but I want to turn this into a book you know what what kind of inspired that
0: well um it's it's not a I'm afraid it's, it's not a, there's not an easy answer to to that um sure. I'm the the background is that I was coming back from from photographing in refugee camps yeah and it it suddenly came to my notice that all around me because I live in central London, which is a right. obviously a relatively very wealthy place to be, sure. and I just kept seeing more and more people on the streets, and they seemed in a much worse condition than the people i 'd been photographing in the refugee camps on the Syrian jordan border or or, or, or or wherever and i, I couldn't i couldn 't handle it I felt I felt it wasn 't right, but I also felt that I'd developed the necessary skills and technique to to photograph this and it's not and i don't just mean by skills how to operate my camera although that's very very important yeah. uh, i mean i mean the way you approach these people that like refugees they're already traumatized they do not want a big film crew or flashy photographer pushing into their tent shoving a camera in their face and yeah. and, and take a picture um i talk you may be Beginning to get the idea. I talk more than I photograph. Right,
1: right.
0: You know, and I find particularly in the Middle East, if you sit down at the same level and you talk and you listen, lots of things open up for you. They they say, "Please take my picture," and then they introduce you to the family. And often it's very difficult to photograph the women, for example, in the Middle East. But if you take the time, then they will introduce you to that, and you get these rather special pictures. I'm not a photojournalist, so I'm not looking. I mean, I think photojournalists are great. I'm not looking for that action moment. I'm not looking for the bullet in the head. I'm not looking for the for the blood or the. That's. I, I arrive anywhere far too late to get any of that. Right. I'm, I'm looking for something else. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for for people to understand that these people are like you and me, yeah. um, and and we need we need to take care of them both specifically and, and generally. And I felt that was the case with the people on the streets of London. And it was immediately clear that when, when I, I'd, I'd seen other photographs, I mean, I'm not the first person to photograph the homeless on the streets of London. Most of them, are, they're either whisked into a studio on a white background, which is completely ludicrous, or or the photographer keeps standing. So every shot, you're looking down on these people. Right. It's like, it it's it's humiliating. So... I would sit on the pavement with them. Um, I wouldn't even have, my camera would be in my rucksack and I would talk to them, tell them what I was doing, what I was after. And then I'd say, could I take your picture And They would say, yes. So there are a number of issues here. The first thing, I have implicit permission to take that picture, um, which is quite important. I don't know what the law is in, in, in the United States, but in fact, they can't stop me taking a picture. I mean, they can walk away, or they can be very rude, or difficult, or, or hide their face. But you—you sure. you can't stop a photographer in a public place taking a picture in, in the UK.
1: Yeah, same in the US. Is it? Yeah, but yeah, that's out, not how you're out in public. You have no expectation of
0: privacy. Okay. yeah, yeah, but that's not how I operate, as you might guess. Sure. No, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, I sit so you're there not going to make
1: very good relationships if you're just no, going out and shooting people. That's in, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but there is there is a. You know, we'll talk about the the. The fact that homelessness obviously is not a new topic right you know yes um we'll talk about that in a minute but go ahead and continue on with what you were saying so i
0: i took the pictures and and i had no idea what i wanted to do with them but i was very conscious that i needed to think about what i was going to do with them otherwise i'm just taking them for for my own satisfaction not not to help the people and it was it, it was difficult but i work well i don't think it matters too much, but I, I worked for a very well known artist photographing his artwork here very successful artist okay. and he and, and and a colleague saw my photographs and straight out of the blue said um, we we'd like we'd like to sponsor you f- for a book so i over a year ago now I knew I had funding um, to produce a book based upon uh, the pictures so it's hard to describe where my actual inspiration was or where I was going, because the truth is I really wasn't sure where I was going to go with it um, to begin with. Probably I would have sought an exhibition or similar, but being sponsored for the book completely changed um, what what was possible. Um, And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, No, no, that's
1: great. I mean, I... I talk to many people who you know have to essentially how do you say uh sc- scratch up some money or you know go fund me or something like that and to to yes. know you have an actual dedicated sponsor who wants you to make yeah. a book i mean that's such a relief i would think as it, a journalist you know yes that, that'd be you know, just like okay you know you want me to do this and you you're you know providing the backing and it's just right. yeah so that's great to and have that, that opportunity but, for sure it, it was
0: and I should underline, but that didn't involve my fee, I and mean, it was just for the book right. so i've i've been it's been doubly difficult because I felt obliged to, to do this book as well as I could, which has yeah. meant right. rather pushing my commercial side right out out of it so um it it's it's although it's a very generous offer it's it's not been easy sure. um, but so you' like
1: right. time and resources to this. Sure. Yeah. You're not dedicating to, like, say, your commercial work.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I would only say that the final stages of, of making and printing a book, if you know nothing about printing, is a nightmare. Oh, my God.
1: We'll it's get into nightmare. the technical stuff in a minute. Okay. okay. I did oh. want to talk about, you know, the the aspect of covering homelessness. You mentioned, you know, obviously, you're not the first person in the world to cover this topic. Uh, actually, I, I, it's, it's kind of a topic that I've I've seen covered a lot in terms of, like, when I was going through university, you know, I covered homelessness as a topic, right? I I did a photo story on a homeless person. You know, I went into there where they lived and, you know, I covered how they lived. And it was, uh, you know, when I was uh, going to school at Syracuse University, Syracuse, New York, there's tons of homeless people around there. And again, when I look at other people who did work in that school, it's almost like, like clockwork. You always have the homeless person's story in almost mm. every single time they're doing it. So with a topic that's as pervasive and sort of almost to the point of being cliche as homelessness, how did you sort of approach it differently? You know, obviously you're doing portraits. You know, you're taking that time to get to know the, the subject and, and asking their permission. But, you know, did you come at it, like, again, there's so many different ways to cover it and it's been covered so many different ways. So when you were initially kind of coming up with this, I'm going to cover homelessness, you know, why did you, got, you know, go with this tact? Uh, and, you know, sort of, how did you sort of decide to differentiate yourself?
0: Well, that's a very good question. And I think the first one is, is slightly, and I don't mean it to be arrogant, is that every, every photographic project, commercial, fashion, charity, whatever you want, is, is been done a zillion times by everybody. So I just put all that to one side, and I think no one has done it like I'm going to do it. Um, I'm very good. I'm in the top 5% of photographers anywhere. The rest are playing at it, you know. And and I'm not specific about that, but I think if you're going to be a photographer with all the technology that's coming up, you need to have that attitude that that you really know what you're doing. And some of that is steeped in the fact that I think you need to have an idea of what 's been before that's been very good the the legacy that you're trying to continue, so I spent a lot of time seeking inspiration, often from other photographers all the way back. I mean people like like um, uh, uh, Jacob Reese and people like that who were photographing in the nineteenth century in the slums of new York um, and then of course the great the great Depression the farm farm security administration photographers i mean that they they' they 're my big inspiration because they they didn 't so much photograph the 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 death and desperation they photographed the dignity of the people through no fault of their own had been completely made bankrupt and and homeless and desolate but by the great dust storm and the and the, the great depression so i I take my photographs bearing these people in mind and and i hope that gives them it gives them provenance it gives them solid base it gives them historical context um and i don't think there are a lot of other photographers who can do it who understand it yeah perhaps there are but but i don't live with that yeah um, yeah
1: absolutely i mean you have to kind of push away everybody everything else that sure. Sure. Uh, especially yeah. again with a such a well-trod topic but uh, no, I think you definitely took a different tact on it. And it was definitely interesting to see, you know, how you approached the subject and uh, definitely saw the humanness come through in yes. your portraits. Um, you know, obviously, this book is designed to raise awareness about an issue, which is homelessness in London and the pervasiveness of it. But is there anything else you hope to achieve through the publication of this book?
0: Um, I, I'm not sure what, what I need to do or 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 to achieve. Uh, I, I would, I, what, I, what I want is to show people that that the, the homeless are are, are deserving, are, are part of our our, our our own humanity. In fact, there's an argument that says because of the hardships they go through, they have a deeper sense of humanity than you and I living in our comfortable bourgeois life. And we could argue that and and it's that it's that expression to camera that i'm looking for that this is this is a a very hard life but it instills certain values that maybe we should be concentrating on ourselves yeah it 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 i mean the book i mean the book won't make money but if it did make money i don't know what to do with the money it's yeah. it's not If people say, you know, are you giving 10% to this charity or 10%? I have no idea yet, but I want it to be a work of art. I don't want it to be a photojournalistic look. I I want, and and why it has to be art is because I want to transcend those things. I want to make these people beautiful in, in in, in the inside sense, not in the way they look. I want people to look and think, I suppose, but for the grace of God, go I yeah yeah
1: okay you know you mentioned earlier i think you said you spent about two years working on this book is that right yes yeah how much of that like how much of that time in that two years was devoted to it was this uh like a, something you did you know with a few spare hours and uh, during the week or were you like 40 hours a week on this uh, how are you dividing that two years
0: um well there are, there are two answers that the first is approximately twice twice a week I would spend. A morning and an afternoon. Uh, I could manage two and a half to three hours maximum each time. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting because the, the concentration levels are, are so high. Uh, you can't lose these people. The other people around you, um, probably a couple of guys even interested in picking up the, the rucksack you might have put down with your camera in. So it, it, it's exhausting. Um, so, yes, So that's six hours, 12 hours a week. If, if you want uh, uh, and then then I'm coming back, I'm, I'm doing all the stuff that you guys all know about, all, all the the post, yeah you know, all, all the all the grad, you know getting it right in Photoshop and Lightroom, and which I think is in the book, I promise everybody I photograph a good professional print. so, so I print out all the photographs I've taken that day of each person and I go back the next day, and give them a picture of themselves.
1: Yeah, no, I, I read that in the book. and yeah. I thought that was very yeah. um, honorly of you. You know, again, we we sometimes think of our subjects as a means to our end, right? But yeah. we don't go back and actually give them the, you know, dignity they deserve by giving them just a simple thing, like a copy of their photograph. I know when yeah. I was doing my photo stories up in Syracuse, I went back after the fact, we actually produced like a book of photos, <laughs> from all of us students. And I gave those to my subjects. So I thought, right. you know, again, right. you know, doing yeah. that, you know, and, I, and every time I've tried to, you know, photograph a subject, I've tried to make an effort. Um, I'm sure there were certain, were there certain times when you couldn't find that person or, you know, after the fact, oh, you know, they weren't there. You know, we talked about the, the length, you know, you took two years, but obviously home, homelessness is as expansive as open-ended a topic as it is you know, hmm. I'm sure you could go longer, you know, I, like I think in the book it was mentioned there was like 130,000 homeless people in London and correct me yes. if I'm wrong. And More. so how do you choose an end point there? You know, again, with sort of an unlimited resource of homeless people, what, what are you saying? Like, okay, I'm stopping now at two years. I have enough photos or I've covered this topic. How'd you know you were done? Um,
0: I'm not sure about that. I, I guess I guess it was to do with with, with the sponsors, um they they didn't push, but but once the money was in position, uh, I felt a responsibility to complete the project. So I would think within six to eight months of being given the funding to do the book, I, I had ended the, the project. Um I certainly have enough. I could do three or four books from <laughs> yeah. from from what I have. Sure. Um and and, and I and I did understand that it could go on and on and on, um, so yeah, I think I felt responsible to the people who were backing me to get on and uh, and and produce produce the book. The, the pandemic, of course, the COVID pandemic also slowed me down. Oh, sure, um, of course. So there there was a, it, it made sense to me to produce the book and not go on photographing while the pandemic was was at its height
1: right absolutely Um, so um so you you Um, got most of your work done before the pandemic happened like yes coverage
0: okay i i did go out after because what what happened was just briefly there was a period where the london authorities took all the homeless nearly off the streets because of the pandemic but they were all back within two weeks and i needed to photograph that
1: um, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. we we haven't really talked about how the pandemic affected everyone. But every right. time I've, yeah. ever since the pandemic started, I've always talked to people like, "How the pandemic has affected you? Mm, um, yes. Did it did it have a big impact on your your non you know work outside this book?"
0: Uh, yes, it it virtually reduced it to zero.
1: Oh wow! Um, um, how did you I'm, get through that?
0: Um, I. I have a, a a working wife.
1: Ah, okay, there you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, and in fact she's she's a medic, she's a doctor, and wow. they were they were doubly in demand. So yeah, no, absolutely and How's she um, doing? sorry?
1: How's she doing?
0: She's doing stuff? well, she was doing fine. Not, very hard work, but but I hope I did my bit in supporting her. Um absolutely. Yeah. That's all you but can I, do I mean
1: again yeah. our medical worker is just, you know, yeah. ravaged by this thing and you know glad that she's she's safe and you know like,
0: she's fine I'm well thank you yes yeah that's
1: great yeah. great to hear yeah you know uh this book came out september 9th right so it's been on uh bookshelves hopefully around london and around the world for a few weeks now do you have any idea of the reception the book has received you know with like sales or just right how out there it is um the
0: the, the reception i would say has, has been very good um i've had um i've had BBC TV coverage, and that, and several others and radio, a couple of radio interviews, but the BBC TV coverage really sparked a big interest on my Instagram site, and, and on emails directly to me. Um, I can't say sales has, has matched that spike. Right, um, of course. Um, Sales. I've never tried to sell a book before so I have no idea but sales are slow. Yeah. Um, and um, I've got a publisher. There's, I've got a proper proper publisher with distribution, um, and um, I think things are just moving off. Um, but but I I'm I'm quite pleased. I, I've had such a positive response from the public. It's not manifested itself in book sales, but maybe maybe that's that's half the battle to get at least the public and become interested. Um, you know, and even blogs like this hopefully will help. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got something next week, but it's it's a it's a huge world out there. Everybody's yeah. publishing, everybody's taking pictures, everybody's on media. Yeah. Um, so I have ambition. I know how many books I'd like to sell. I know how many books is the minimum that I'd be very upset if I didn't sell. Right. Um, they're not big figures, trust me. Uh, mm. Unless of course it takes off in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Never which know. Case, you never
1: know i mean i think there's a well, lot of fans of uk and london lifestyle and you'll be interested and eager to learn about well, what's going let, on over
0: the, over the pond. if there is i'll buy you a beer i promise a
1: guinness please <laughs> uh,
0: good choice, good choice. <laughs>
1: indeed uh, i tried actually i tried to go to uh ireland to have a guinness in ireland oh, but uh, yeah. i got but i have. there's a guinness brewery actually in baltimore uh, up to the road from me so it's great in baltimore. right uh, so that's, the best, sure that's the best thing
0: right did you choose your house on that basis? This is-
1: uh, no, no, I, the, the military sends me where they want me to go. So, uh, sure. but I'm glad, I'm happy to be here and happy to be doing what I'm doing, happy to be in this area. Uh, yeah, we, we talked a little bit, let's talk a little bit more detail about the book itself and kind of the decisions that were made in its construction and sort of choices. Um, first off, you have an intro by, and I'm hopefully I don't mispronounce the name here, Lilani farah uh she's the former un special rapporteur uh, on right to housing and the global director of the shift yes Um, obviously a notable figure why did you choose her or who chose her uh to do this intro and were there any other people perhaps that you had as sort of backups in case she wasn't available like you know how'd you how'd you make this decision i want an intro in my book i'm choosing this person or you know how that sort of the methodology there
0: Uh. Again, it's a very good question. Um, first of all, I, I, if if you'd asked me, given me a list of people who I wanted to do the introduction, Leilani would have come out tops. I mean, she is so switched on to what what the issues are internationally, and uh, her organisation, Make the Shift, is is so well put together and organised. Um, I've never met her personally; she's she's based in Canada, um, but I do know. Doesn't sound quite right. I do know her sister. <laughs> Um, who I, I work for uh, commercially in, in the UK. And um, I had been just discussing the pictures with her. And she said, you need my sister to do the introduction. And when she showed me who Leilani was and what she did, I just thought she's never going to say yes. Um, but she did instantaneously. And yeah. um, as I said in the book, I'm delighted. I think she gives the book gravitas. I think she gives it real weight, um, and um I'm you know secretly hoping that um, she'll need a photographer to work work for her organization in the future. Um, there you go. But, yeah. no, no
1: better foot in the door than having you, having no, them uh, no, no. contribute to but, a book. Maybe will get have you met her in person yet? Or
0: no, no, I haven't. only her sister who I I do work for. Um so it's but yes, I'm looking forward to that moment to see if there's possible projects to go on to go on from there.
1: No, that's great. That's great. What is the shift, by the way, for people who may not know about that organization?
0: Um, I think the basic, the basic premises of, of why there's so much homeless people worldwide, which is what she's interested in, is that most of the affordable housing is bought up by huge corporates, um, of which the very biggest is an American company called Blackstone. And they, they just buy up buildings that should be kept for people of low incomes and they hold on to them till the price rises and then develop them as for for middle to high incomes and and she's on a crusade to to build um affordable housing uh worldwide she's uh, it's a big big ambitious project
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah now there's so many different ways i've seen it done and you know the the idea of getting homeless people into housing just yeah. getting him in the house is like the biggest factor in terms of reducing the issue of homelessness, yeah. obviously, yeah. but also all the other contributing factors and all the other sure. uh, factors that exist when you're homeless and stuff like that. So getting with someone off homelessness in general starts with giving them a home in a, yeah. in a lot of yeah. the um, approaches I've seen. So glad to have her doing that. Um, you know, in the book, you you list the subject next to their photo, right? Their their photo and their name, their first name typically, and also the location yes. where they're at. What was sort of the methodology behind that decision? Like, why not put their first and last name, and then with some of the folks, you know, obviously they didn't want to be, you know, named at all. They're just listed as anon, which is short for anonymous. Kind of, kind of, give me the the reasoning behind that decision.
0: Okay, first. Of all, if if it says anon anonymous, it's not because they didn't want to give me the name. It's because I failed to get the name. Uh, okay, got it. Okay, I, I need to come clean on that. Because really, if they're not going to give you the name, they probably don't want their photograph taken. Sure. So, so it, it it it's that not put, not putting the last name down is is me just giving them a little protection, um, okay. so that. I mean, obviously, the photograph is done and everything, but if you actually put the last name, in, then, then somebody says, oh, look, it's definitely your sister on the streets, it, right. you know, because of that. So there was a little protection. And also, um, I think first names, just first names is, is more friendly. Um, okay. So I think, I think it, that's the way it works. Location is because I wanted to show that it was all over London. Right. Um, and, and it is it is all over London, I just couldn't put down enough loc- there aren't enough pages to put down every borough uh, in london but but it was at times it was just ludicrous you know we'd I'd wake up. I always had a colleague I had this fantastic colleague still have him a guy called richard carroll who who found me on the very first day that that I was photographing i had I had gone out early in the morning to um, near Carnaby Street, as well known there's a, a very iconic British building called Liberty's. So it was very, she's a very expensive department store. And there was this woman, uh, she's about the third page of the book and she's just sitting there. So I've got a picture of her with one of the swankiest department stores in London as a backdrop. And I'm talking to her and it, it's just it's just eye-opening. She She's in fact Polish and she had a boyfriend, and they were working, they lost their jobs, they got onto heroin, the boyfriend managed to get off the heroin and go home, and she can't move, she says, I can't shake the heroin, and I had never met a heroin addict in my life. Yeah. I was 62 years old, and I had never met a heroin addict in my life, and she she just looked at me, and they, she didn't beg, lots of them don't beg, it's, it's, it's another myth, and just told me her story that she wanted to go home to her parents, but she had to get off the drugs. So it was a long conversation, and I said, can I photograph you? She said, of course. And I photographed. And all this time, this man behind me was watching, and I thought, he's going to give me trouble, and I'm just going to stand firm. But he didn't. He said, I've been watching you, he said. And he said, I love the way you're approaching it. And um, he whisked me off to his club. This is about 8 o'clock in the morning. We had breakfast. And he's been with me on nearly every single shoot that I've been on, even though he lives miles away from it, because it's like it's like a mutton Jeff, a Laurel and Hardy team. He talks to them, I talk to them. While I'm photographing, he's still talking to them and he takes notes for me. Nice. And I need to emphasize his role because I think he gave he he made it fun, not just for, for us, but for the people we were photographing. Um, Also, he's an amazing network. um, uh, So He's probably the one who's going to get me an exhibition. Hey, there Uh, you
1: go. Uh, By the way, was that breakfast a traditional English breakfast?
0: Yeah, it was, yes. At the Groucho Club. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no. No, It's it's a big, big... It's for lovies, for theatre people. Okay. Yeah, Yeah,
1: one of my favourite fondest memories was uh, having that first English breakfast when I was in... uh, Not London. I went down south to London... Brighton, not, to, not, to Brighton, oh. not, to, not to Brighton yet there was a stopover I can't remember okay. the name of the city but a friend of mine his mother lived in that area and she made me a wonderful uh, London breakfast, uh, English breakfast with the fried toast and the tomatoes and the sausage and the bread put or the blood blood black. sausage and the black, black, pudding. Pudding. black yeah. pudding yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, two thumbs up to that but, uh,
0: I, but, but only once a month I suggest
1: oh yeah yeah I think I think I had one other at a restaurant of that breakfast you know but okay. yeah beans and oh my gosh so much um but uh you, you talked about you know getting to know these people right we talked about you know obviously they've given you new names your decision was to highlight just their first name i'm sure they would have given you their last name if you you sound like you made a very good connection with those yeah. but there probably were people who you didn't make good connections with or at least didn't want the attention how did you manage that and how, how often would you say that happened when you were out there
0: Um it happened very, very rarely. Um and and there are there there would be there would be two ways that happened. The first would be the straight, obvious way, in which the guy said, I just don't want a photograph taken. He clearly don't want to even engage in conversation. And so at which point you'd say, Okay, thank you for your time, and and you'd walk on. Um there would be others who were just grateful for the conversation. And when it came around to saying that we, we wanted to take a picture, they would say. I I'd really you that you didn't. I'd rather you didn't. Um, and some of the reasons were 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 obvious. They would say, in case my family recognized me or somebody recognizes me. Um, or, or often they were paranoid and they thought they were being chased or or people were after them. Um or in a couple of cases, one very particular case I mentioned, he said, I'd rather you didn't, because because I'm dying, I'm going to die soon. Oh jeez,
1: yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. So, so whether or not they did or didn't. I'm not sure, although I'm pretty sure one of them certainly did. But it was very rare. Most of them were, were happy enough to be photographed. Well, yes. Yeah. And, and they weren't photographed unless they were happy to be photographed. Yeah. I, need, I need to emphasize that.
1: Right. More. Were there any instances where you maybe felt uh, perhaps fear or like maybe you were in a situation perhaps uh, where, the, where there was fear like you might be attacked or were you pretty much safe the whole time?
0: Um I never felt the fear, day, day or night. Um, no. I, I, there were times when crowds gathered around you and people got quite stroppy, what are you doing, and so on. Um, but I usually found that an, exp- an explanation and even picking out the stroppiest of them and saying, would you like your picture taken? Yeah, no, and right. they'd say, oh, okay. They're
1: on off guard. Right. But-, but, were you- but I mean, I, I, I'm just, you. Know, were you... You were approaching them, obviously, they were on the street, but I mean, were you going into encampments or were there encampments like were you doing that
0: there, there are no encampments what okay. whatsoever the um, th- they are on the streets, literally on the streets um on, on the street, church steps, um under arcades, near air vents. um yeah, just just everywhere, just where they somewhere they won't get moved on at least until until daylight. Um, so uh, yeah yeah there, there are kitchens there are a couple of shots of of kitchens people yeah. volunteers just come in and they set up a table and they serve food and you get these long long lines of people
1: no i know like for instance when i when i uh, visited la right la the homeless problem is so bad and yeah. you see it everywhere you see these tent cities practically yeah. you can find a billion videos on youtube about them, but you know, again, that's what I'm talking about, like encampments, like, you know, again, all the is that exist in London? Have you seen that where they set up the tents and stuff? Or is that not as pervasive?
0: It, I don't think it exists anywhere. Uh, I think there are all sorts of issues with how that could happen. Um, yeah. In terms of, 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 of the law, and so on. Um, so, um, no, I've not seen that problem. Most of these people are I mean, they have friends and they clearly make little groups here and there, but they're individuals. They, they each have their very personal stories of why they're on the street and what's happened to them. Um, th- we have quite a few hostels, where, right. where, which are all volunteer, where people yeah. try to scoop up people off the streets and take them to the hostels. But the vast majority of people on the streets don't like these hostels. Yeah. They, they feel for, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not effective. Yeah. Um, no.
1: uh, uh, getting back to the book, I noticed on the, the website, obviously you're selling the book by itself, but you're also selling individual prints of the certain subjects. Has there been any, or is there any effort uh, to give some of the proceeds of those prints or to some of those members, or is that not in the cards?
0: Um, it, it's, no, it's, it's not, a, it's not, no. It's it's a good question, and we sort of touched on it um, early, earlier on. Um, I, I don't I don't want to be involved with a particular um, a particular charity, or because I think it's 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 more than just giving money. If I want to be involved with a charity, I think there has to be a relationship with that charity. There has to be a strategy about how my photography is is going to move forward that particular charity, and I. I and then it becomes not just the photographer, who I like to call the artist, and, and his subject, it becomes a whole machine behind me. Right, um, sure. I, I don't know, I, I promise to come back to you if I start to make money. Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you know what what I've done with the money. It's quite an interesting question. Yeah. Um,
1: I um, get past that point of profitability or at least that point of covering your costs first. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely um, and even the, even the prints on the, on my site are, I mean, they're quite large. They're hand printed. Right. You, you'll guess there's not a lot of money in it. Sure. Um, no, totally. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, to getting back to the, the book design choices, I thought it was interesting that you, put all the stories in a grouping at the end versus with the actual photo. Was that just aesthetically pleasing you want to make it? Or was there a reason why you grouped those together?
0: You ask all the right questions. (laughs) There's been a lot of arguments about this. Um, First of all, it's designed. I have a great designer called Ross White. He's he's credited in the book. He is incredible. He gave the book a certain rhythm. He gave it the style. and technically he prepared it very well for printing. Um, so that helped hugely in, in, in many design decisions. I, for a while, I didn't want to put any information about, about each of the uh, people in the book. And, and the thinking was that, you, you know, you'll recognize this as, as far too egocentric photographer. Um, I thought the pictures should stand by themselves without any ex- explanation. I thought, if you're that good a photographer, Anthony Dalton, the pictures will say it all. Um, But I was persuaded out of that. And that is slightly, that is arrogant. That's a little bit. um, And I'm glad that there is some information about some of the people in the book. Um, And and I think it's a good compromise that that you have to look at the picture. You're not distracted by reading and then looking at the picture. It was a very difficult decision. Um, right.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean, you yeah. could go either way, honestly. And I thought yeah. at first, I thought it was at first, I thought there was no stories. Right. I thought when I was yeah. reading through it, I, I read through it literally. Right. And I thought, OK, it's just going to be their name, their location and the picture. That's it. OK, fine. I can accept that. Yeah. And then I got to the end. and I'm like, oh, there's all the stories. And I yeah. thought from a design perspective, like it's kind of annoying from, a, from a, just a reader's perspective. Is now I have to flip back through and see who this person was. Yeah. But on the other hand, by grouping all these stories together, you get a sort of burst of all the sort of stories because everyone has a story, right? Every homeless person you talk to there, there's this, you know, the sad story about how they got to where they are. Um, and so having it kind of all in one place makes it almost overwhelming to you. see you you get flooded with this sort of sense of, you know, just despair and homelessness that affects a region. And so I thought that wasn't a bad design choice. Again, it can go either way, but I'm saying, um, I, I, that choice to me made sense and I liked the way it was done like that. Um, so, you know, kudos to your designer. And I'm, again, it was an easy decision, but in this instance, I think it's fine. And um, I thought it was an interesting choice and I commend you for, for making that bold decision.
0: I mean, some of the great photographic books don't have text, like um, sure. the Americans. It's um, who was the, not William Klein. Um, uh yeah, you know, with with the introduction, just the introduction by by Burroughs. Um, yeah, it just goes through this amazing book and there's nothing in it except except the location. Yeah. Uh, but but um yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I've seen some books where it's again like you have the text and photos in completely yeah. different locations or yeah. one after the other. Oh, yes. Um I've also seen it, you know, with the caption right underneath the photo. Mm. And so, you know, it's definitely And if the person is so inclined, they can go back and look, obviously you list the page numbers in there so they can, you know, make that effort and maybe gives them uh, gives the book sort of additional layers. Right. So you can look at it just like you had it, you know, you want it just the pictures and the names and, or they can even find the stories and learn more about the people, you know, how much, how much interest do they have in these people? How compelling are the photographs Mm. to drive them to want to find out more about those stories, you know? So that's, that's an interesting design choice there. And let's talk about color for an instance. You know, For the most <laughs> part, the, the, the photo, you know, the, the pictures are black and white. The, the only splashes of color are in the logo. Yes. Which, uh, the X and the O I thought was an interesting sort of design language there, obviously representing not London. And we know the circle is the London tube, I presume,
0: right? Exactly right. Exactly uh, right.
1: Give, give me some sort of background insight into those design decisions, color um, and logo and everything.
0: Well, the, 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 the logo and, and the idea to have a little bit of colour in the logo is, is Ross's, Ross's idea. And um, that's, that's how I think about all sorts of things is that um, I'm a photographer. Don't try and design a book. Um, and, and in a way, that's part of the question before you're asking. I'm a photographer. Don't write an essay about each of your people because you're not a writer. Sure. Everybody like everybody's got a computer with word processing on it and Photoshop, and they think they're everything. But yeah. but there is this sense of, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm just delighted that I had, you know, Ross design design it. And I think that yeah, I think the logo works. A little bit of special color, the allusion to the underground, the tube, um, all all exactly all exactly right. Um, black, why black and white? Well. It's, it's that legacy legacy thing again. Every just about every photographer that's done social active work uh, from from as I met you know from uh, you know Eugene Smith all the way back shoots in black and white. So um, I want to refer to that time, a time where um, photography was was difficult and considered truly to be a work of art. But most important, this notion that it, it was real. Before digital came along, if you saw a photograph, you, you believed it. It's not strictly true. You could still retouch any photograph at any time it came out. But essentially, a photograph, the difference between a photograph and a painting was it was real. And, and I, I adhere to that, that philosophy. So I shoot black and white to give people, to tell people that my pictures are for all intents and purposes, unretouched, apart from contrast, um, and, and they're very rarely cropped, by the way. Yeah. So it, it is part of the it's part of the philosophy, the credibility that what you see when you open my book is really what was there, um, without any any alteration. So black and white, it, it sort of had to be. Um, color, color, particularly. In, in, in refugee camps and places like that is so distracting because okay. refugees, first of all, to our eyes, are often dressed colourfully anyway because that's their, that's their tradition. Right. But often they're, they're given clothes, so they, they look extraordinary. They're wearing a whole jumble of clothes. And every time you shoot in colour, people say, oh, my goodness, look at that jacket. Or look, she's wearing Gucci. Or, and you're thinking, no, no, that's not what I want you to look at. That's not what I'm trying to express. So it has to be black and white to stop people going, what a lovely colored tent that is, or, you know, or, or I had a scarf that color once. Um, so I, Interesting. So you know, you colors changed. are not, yeah, sorry.
1: Go no, on. I'm saying you equate black and white to um, more real than color in this instance.
0: I relate it generally to, to honesty. I think, I think, Okay. I think color is a travesty. I oh, mean, really?
1: Wow, a travesty. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, sorry, William Eggleston. I don't mean to be. (laughs) Yeah. Or or who's the other one? Uh, Is it Roth? Alexander? Not Alexander. Uh, 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. Roth. I do my research.
0: Okay. Is
1: Um, is that uh, that pervasive in your um, your body of work that you primarily shoot black and
0: white? Yeah. If you look at my website, there's scarcely any color on it. Um, There's one bit of color, and it's quite. um, it's It's very knocked back color, which I hope reflects the subject, but. If you have time, have a look, and you might you know, tell me what, you, what what you think. Definitely, um, it's yeah. also it also. I mean, you can do color, you can do black and white on your iPhones and Android phones, sure. but people don't. So it does. There is that sense that people working in black and white um, are still professional. It's 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 become special in some ways. So right, right, again, right. I live with that. And great black and white is really difficult to do digitally.
1: Right,
0: right. Color oh. is. Yeah. Well, well,
1: we could we could have a whole uh, conversation about digital and film, uh, maybe yeah. on another show. But yeah, okay. was this film or digital?
0: It was no, definitely digital, definitely digital. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I mean, the bizarre thing here is is that all my son's friends who've taken up photography, are, are quite good photographers. They they're all they all want to do film. They're all coming to me and saying, "How do you process? How do you do it?" <laughs> and, uh, and and it's amazing. I mean, then they produce really interesting um, results. Um, yeah. but but, um, I mean the, the problem is, is that if you're just doing one very specific project, one portrait you can afford the cost of film but you know we have two labs left that process E6 in London, yeah. a couple that do C41 film is now 30 bucks a roll yeah. it, it, it's impossible no. you, you know the costs and you still haven't got your contact sheet. You still haven't made your color super chromes or uh, it goes on and on and on, you know? Um,
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Even back when I was shooting film in the early two thousands, like as soon as I could get a digital camera, I never went back to film primarily (laughs) for that reason. The, the time labor and cost Mm -hmm. to get it scan, you know, even if I was just getting the negatives, I was going to scan it myself. Yeah. It's just like, ah, I just want the yeah. picture, you know.
0: Right. But so. but even that even that facility, I mean, in, in, in the 2000s, yeah. yeah, there were hundreds of places where you could get right. your negative scanned yeah. and put onto a CD. That was great. But all that's gone. There's only one or two left anyway. Yeah. You know? um, so it's, it, really, it's it's just, yeah. it's,
1: just like, it's really one of these like handcrafted, you know, now specialty. Uh, what yeah. is it? Uh, what's the word for handcrafted? You hear about artisanal, uh, right? Artisanal yeah, photography. Yeah. Artisanal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was your first photo book, like you said. Are there any other photo books you think will be in your future?
0: Well, um, I'm not sure if I said it was my first photo book, because strictly you did. Oh.
1: If I I misheard, then I apologize.
0: Well, it's my first one, I suppose, It's entirely me. But no, there have been been several others. When I worked for this Alma Dad Foundation, um, and they sent me off to these areas, um, I'd often go with at least one other photographer. And we produce books, and they're called. They're part of the Silent Witness series. So, uh, again, if you anyone feels like going to my website, there's there's one on the Kashmir earthquake, there's one on the, the Niger famine, and one on Palestine, and one on on Gaza after the after the bombings, the Israeli incursions in in, in Gaza. So there are th- at least three books. Um, and, if anyone's interested, when I was much, much younger, I suppose about, about 30, 40 years ago, I was one of the first European photographers to get into Libya, into, into Gaddafi's Libya. Oh, okay. And um, I produced a book called called The Jamharia, which is the Libyan word for for republic. Um, and um, that, that, that book now, because it, I think they printed 500 at the time, that book yeah, now okay. fetches about $1,000 on them um, oh on Amazon. There's so few left. Yeah. Wow. So, Amazing. yes. So, kind of, very kind of, in very odd times through my life, I've produced books, but I've never been fully responsible for, as in this one. The idea was mine. The, the organizing of put, and putting it together was mine. And the following of the printing all the way through was mine.
1: Okay, then let me rephrase my question. Do you anticipate any future books that are just you? Like, do you want to make another book that you do everything yourself, or it's everything about you?
0: I I do, I definitely do, and and there is a project that that that, that we have in mind. Um, but but I don't know. If I should say this really, but but more than books, I love prints. I love exhibitions. Okay. I think I think. The struggle with the book for me is it is very nicely done. It's well printed, yeah. but there is nothing like an A1 or A0 print on wonderful kind of you know um, cotton-based paper, yeah. you know, with all the rich tones, bit colour or black and white, framed beautifully, put it up on the wall for people to to look at and meditate. It's 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 the zenith of of, of what a photographer wants. Yeah. Um, I mean. The the book is great for massive distribution, but just I want a photographic exhibition. That's what I really want. In a, sure,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And you said there will be an ex- There potentially will be an exhibition. I'm, of
0: this I'm two or three people are working on it, and, and I'm, I'm not allowed to say too much. But but okay. it could be because obviously there are better places to exhibit than others. Right. Um, so I'm I'm looking for a quite quite interesting one. Um, i promise to keep you in the loop immediately if anything. indeed
1: yeah if there's a way to check that out i'd be happy to go see it or if it tours yeah know, that'd
0: sure. be neat
1: i don't i don't know i don't see myself getting to london anytime soon unfortunately
0: well you know, the it's, sort of, it's covid so. yeah.
1: yeah yeah i know right that's the rough yeah. thing you know yeah. but yeah. uh definitely come see that if that you know maybe I, i'm near dc so if it could find its way to dc i'd be happy yes. to check that out or meet you in person for sure yeah um, all right. Well, we've talked a lot. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add before we sign off?
0: Um, no. I, I'm obviously uh, I'd really like to encourage people to go to both my website and to the website that's dedicated to the book. Which yeah. Is...
1: Please go ahead and let people know who those addresses are.
0: So that well, to get information on the book and to buy the book, you want to go to not dot uk. So it's very very simple. notlondon.uk. dot and then my website uh, which also has a link to the not london site is www. which is my name d a w t o n .com and okay. um, that 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 will that will get you there um i'm delighted if you buy a print of a book but i'm also just as delighted if you make a comment or if you i have an instagram site or or if you write because um that type of support means a great deal to me um and um I quite you pretty guess because I haven't stopped talking with really, you have I, I quite like discussing these things because they need to be discussed otherwise otherwise you're not behaving with integrity you know you need to keep feeding back why are you doing this are you sure it's correct are you sure you're not just doing it for your own gratification um and so on and you know and art, is it important is it useful is it art um are you really a good photographer or not? I mean, all these things have to keep keep discussing.
1: Um, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's a again, it's a uh, almost timeless uh, issue. It, it feels like it's gone back forever, and it feels like you know at least now there, there doesn't seem to be an end site, right? An end goal. You know, homelessness will continue, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, hopefully, you know, books like yours and other act, you know activists and other activities and and funds like the shift and whatnot uh will make a, a dent and make a difference and we we could see future without homelessness maybe maybe that'd be a nice uh pipe dream but hopefully it'll be a reality you know but thank you for you know raising awareness and shining a light on a important issue that definitely needs to be addressed uh more fully um thank you again anthony for your time i truly appreciate it we'll make sure to include all the links you mentioned uh, and, and every other you know uh, site that we can, as uh, uh, that I have, uh, into our show notes. So be sure to go there and check those out. You can find us on the website, and you can find around the lens on all of the platforms that you use for social media. We have our Instagram page. Our, Great. Uh, youtube page and all those other platforms so if you have comments about you know what we uh, anthony and I have talked about or, or the subject in general you can also leave those comments there as well we love to see that and have that dialogue and discussion continue on uh, like you said the the issue ne- still needs to be talked about right we haven't solved it uh this this book hasn't solved it um, yeah. yet you know hopefully but uh yeah so there's definitely a lot of discussion there but anthony thank you so much for your time i truly appreciate it
0: Th- thank you thank you really um it's it's, it's been great fun and um uh, yeah it's, my, it's me to thank you not the other way around oh,
1: you're too kind you're too kind all right well uh i've been your host david j murphy for around the lens interviews uh thank you again anthony Johnson, for your time and we are out
0: thanks for listening to around the lens we hope you enjoyed the show To continue the conversation, head on over to one of our social media outlets, such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter. To support the show financially, consider donating to us via Patreon. For show notes from this week's episode and links to everything else we talked about, just go to our website, AroundTheLens.com. Finally, if you or someone you know might be a good guest for the show, get in touch with us via email at info at AroundTheLens.com.